Blog Talk Radio.
All right, welcome to a very special edition of the Urban Wire, episode 50, brought to you by the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers, where we shine the light on issues impacting the urban community. As you can tell by the description of the show, we will be doing a recap and a commentary over the Grammy Award tonight, along with some other news that's been going on around the world, uh, mostly dealing with the um, current Pope. Um, not sure if you guys are aware, but he is stepping down at the end of the month. We're going to be discussing that. And also we're going to be talking about custody issues. And, you know, we hear about a lot of people, and I'm pretty sure we know at least one person or, you know, we may know several people that are dealing with baby mama and baby daddy drama and custody issues and back and forth, just all that silliness. But we're going to talk about a situation tonight that ended up with – someone killed in uh, Wilmington, Delaware, in a courthouse. And um, we're going to talk about how there was a shooting that took place there um, uh, centered on a uh, custody issue. So we're going to get to that story later on tonight. But we're going to jump to the line. And um, as always, we do have our host here, my co-host here, uh, Michael Snyder. And... um, so how are you doing this evening? Oh, very good, very good. Just enjoying a relaxing evening. That's good. So um, we have a lot. We have a lot to talk about tonight. We're going to just going to be on here for a couple hours. We're going to try to uh, get through these stories pretty quick. Um, so did you get a chance to watch the Grammys, or did you get a chance to? Watch some of the highlights on the. Um, on I have skimmed over some of the highlights, but I didn't actually tune into the Granny Grammys myself. Yeah, and I mean, just based on what I've heard and what I've seen myself, as I watched it, I just wasn't really impressed with this. It was kind of boring. Like, I mean, there were, there were a couple of highlight performances, but overall, I really was expecting more. But you know, for what it was, I guess it was okay. Um, we're going to get to a lot of um, things that I noticed last night, and we're going to talk about um, some issues. I know uh, Kane, he wanted to be on tonight, but um, his work schedule uh, didn't uh, permit him to be on tonight. So, um, But I'm going to share with you some of the things that we discussed last night uh, about just the entertainment industry and the music industry in general. And... Um, i got a question for you guys, like, you know, and maybe you guys can answer this later on when we get to this, but do you think that um, the music industry today is what it used to be, and do you think that many artists have compromised their self-expression um, and their uh, compromised themselves as an artist in general uh, to remain relevant in today's um, industry? Do you think that that's true? And if so, um, do you think that it's had, had like, a positive or negative effect on um, what we hear today uh, from artists? And do you think it's it's pretty much something that affects all genres of music? So we're going to discuss that later on. But, I mean, just what do you think in general, uh, Michael? We're going to talk about it more in detail. But do you think that that that, uh, statement is true? Well, I think the performers and the artists of days past were a much higher caliber 
than they are today. You think, you know, back in the day, they didn't snip it and clip and redo all this. They could just do their song, do their performance, and go through it mm-hmm. in front of thousands of people and in recording studios. And, you know, even their musicians, there's no copy and paste and split. They've done the whole right. on thing. Today, I think a lot of them are lazier, and I think that's more than just in their, in just their, other than their performance abilities too. You and know, do you think that it's kind of like um, destroyed the authenticity of the art form of music? A lot of times, yes. I mean, I realize that greater technology can be, bring new things to it, and but the authenticity and the I don't know. It seems like a lot of it today seems to do a shock value for a lot of artists. Right. I don't know. I just, I don't think it's probably what it used to be. And I know that times change and things evolve, but I just, yeah, I think that some of the slightly older ways brought a more authentic base to the entertainment industry. I think. We have TV dinner entertainment today. It ain't like that good old down home cooking like them fried chicken and mashed potatoes and greens and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like that. It's not no home down. It ain't, it ain't authentic. It's this TV dinner bullshit. So, I mean, it, it, you know, we're going to get on that more in detail. You know, I think we're going to no tell them where the conversation is going to lead. But for those of you that are listening live, you feel free to call in at any time of the show. Um, during the show at area code 646-915-8200. And you can speak to the host. My name is Seneca Harris. And once again, um, you're also speaking with Michael Snyder. And we're, we're more than welcome to listen to your point of view or if you have a question or comment or you just um, share with us about your thoughts of, of the Grammy Awards or anything that we're talking about or if, if there's something newsworthy that you want to call in and speak about, we're, we're more than willing to um, hear that. So once again, it's six four six nine one five eighty two hundred. We do have um, a YouTube channel as well, YouTube dot com slash ucofw. Um, I just posted up a new video. It's pretty much the, um, our last show. We pretty much put it online for you guys to listen to in that format. And um, feel free to comment. Um, subscribe. Michael has a channel as well on there, youtube.com slash sunrise humanity. And he also has a website as well. Um, and he, like he always says, you know, deals with a lot of, uh, deals with spiritual growth, uh, spiritual uh, um, metaphysical properties, uh, yeah. spiritual healing, things you can do along those lines. So feel free to check that out, and we're gonna just we're gonna go to some music. And we haven't done our um, mega mix in a while, so we're gonna probably go to a, you know about um, three or four songs. Um, you know, get you know get you grooving and stuff like that. Since we're gonna be talking about the Grammys tonight, so we're gonna be having a lot of music tonight. So uh, feel free to call in um, at any time if you if you guys want to. I'm probably gonna open up the chat room here briefly. And you can send your comments that way. Um, so there's, there's multiple ways you can contact us. Also on Facebook, we have a group page. Just look us up under the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers, and just feel free to join us. Um, 
um, add us, and you'll get updates on our show listings and times and um, new and current videos. And if you have anything on there, news clips you would like to share or if you have anything um, as far as videos or um, links that you want to share, feel free to just jump in. It's pretty much a forum, you know, a community forum. We just all want to keep it pretty much respectful. We're all adults. So definitely let's just keep let's just be respectful and let's just um anything that you want to post that can help out the community, anything. Um so if you want to contact me personally, um you can send me an email at S E Harris. That's S as the Seneca, E as an Edward, and Harris H A R R I S zero two at Gmail dot com if you would like to um be a part of the show or if you have any suggestions for the show or any, if you can help out in any capacity, feel free to um, hit us up. You know, this is our 50th anniversary. We've came a long way. You know, we've came a long way. So that's definitely a milestone for us. So um, definitely keep it locked. And um, we're going to go to some music here. And we're going to mix it up a little bit tonight. So, um and also, if you guys have, like, any songs that you would like to hear on the show, just send us a playlist of what you want to hear on the show as well, because we're always open to that. So, with that being said, we're going to jump into our music, and we will be back with our discussion. We're going to start our discussion around 930. And um, keep it locked. Once again, you are listening to The Urban Wire, brought to you by the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers where we shine the light on issues impacting the urban community. Throw it up, throw it up. Watch it all fall out. 
like a motherfucking bass drum. Two hoes on one fucking pole. Two hoes on my fucking pole. I don't tip, I pay bills. Bitches call me Buffalo. Her stomach and her ass out. I'm flyer than the ones they pass out. If money grown trees, I branched out. I'm just waiting for my bitch to cash out. Bands that make her dance. Bands that make her dance. Holy shit, poppin' bitch. I'm just poppin' bands. Bands that make her dance. Bands that make her dance. These shit's clappin' and they losin' hands. Bands that make her dance. Bands that make her dance. Holy shit, poppin' pussy. I'm just poppin' bands. Bands that make her dance. Bands that make her dance. These shit's clappin' and they losin' hands. Down in Atlanta, about to hear a message. Throw some money in the air, all the bad bitches gon' read it. Spring off the floor, she gon' need a couple of bags. Like a broke ATM, I'm stealing all this cash. Some niggas in the club don't be spending shit. 20 seconds one night, I be on trippin' shit. My crib's paid off, but I'm still paying rent. A couple of condos paid. She make that ass clap, that's her like she on a dick Bring it back up to a sack, that's a lucky bitch Up and down she go when she sliding on that pole Making money, stacking them honey, shout it cold Bands will make her dance, bands will make her dance Holy shit's popping pussy, I'm just popping bands Bands will make her dance, bands will make her dance These shit's clapping and they ain't using hands. Bands that make her dance. Bands that make her dance. Holy shit, popping pussy. I'm just popping bands. Bands that make her dance. Bands that make her dance. These shit's clapping. And they ain't using hands.
All right, welcome back to the Urban Wire, episode 50, where we're going to talk about the Grammy Awards today. Uh, we're going to probably get to that here at the 10 o'clock hour. Are you still with us, Michael? Yes. All right, uh, we're back. But before we jump into that, we're going to get into our news really quick. Uh, we only really have one big uh, major story that we're going to cover tonight before we get into our review of the Grammys. And I'm going to let Michael uh, um, give us that story tonight. But before we do that, we're going to go to a clip to put this story into perspective. Um, but um, before we do that, Michael, tell us about, uh, while I pull this up, tell us about the uh, story that we're going to be discussing tonight. Well, it was announced today by Pope Benedict XVI that effective February 28th at 8 p.m., he would resign his position as the Pope for the Catholic Church. And therein, him being the figurehead for the leader of that religion is a very, very kind of unusual sort of turn of events because no Pope has resigned office in about 700 years. So usually most popes, when they are appointed to the position, it is appointed for life and they die in office. However, this was quite a shock and a surprise and evidently a surprise to even his colleagues that he's around all the time. So So do you think with this um, news uh, that this pretty much just hit you know, the media, do you think that uh, it's going to have a um, pretty uh, big effect on the Catholic Church as a whole? Or, I mean, or do you really think that they're making this a bigger deal? Making this, you know... Well, as far as the Roman Catholic Church goes, it's a pretty big deal. You know, it's kind of like having a presidential election here. Everybody gets a little bit nervous and kind of wonders, you know, oh, geez, what they, what's going to happen now? Well, it's kind of the same way for the Roman Catholic Church. You know, this is the figurehead of their entire religion, and that's a pretty big change. And because the Pope always kind of dictates church doctrine, law for the church, where things are going to go, what agendas are going to be pushed, how things are going to be pushed out, and, you know, also any improvements that they choose to make, that goes through him as well. So this is going to bring a really interesting, there is a large potential for very progressive changes. I mean, there's a potential. That doesn't mean it's really going to happen. But there is a large potential there to see a lot of changes within the religion itself. Unfortunately, time will just have to tell. But I don't know. Do you have your clip for that? Yeah. Um, we're going to put this in perspective. This clip comes in courtesy of um, Associated Press. So we're going to go to this clip, and we're going to come back and discuss this more in detail. From Mexico City to the Middle East, Catholics are reeling from the seemingly sudden resignation of Pope Benedict XVI. The 85-year-old head of the Roman Catholic Church dropped the bombshell during a meeting of Vatican cardinals, making him the first pontiff to step down in 600 years. Church and political officials say they're shocked, 
but they respect the Pope's decision. I just always admired him as a scholar, uh, as a priest, as a holy man. And now my admiration for him is even higher because of his humility. Benedict previously said he'd step down if he got too old or too sick to carry on. And some insiders have said that doctors have told the spiritual leader not to take any more transatlantic trips. In his native Germany, George Ratzinger says he's known about his brother's plan for months, and he hasn't offered any advice. He says the Pope is the only one who can judge his capabilities and how they measure up against the job's demands. Even non-Catholics are curious about what will happen next. It was hard to avoid speculation, even at this carnival celebration. This party-goer, a member of the Lutheran Church, wondered if Catholic officials would use the departure to choose a slightly younger Pope. When a future Pope encounters old age, sickness, whatever his problems might be, this particular resignation is going to play a powerful role in any decision that they make. As Catholics get ready to select their next leader, Benedict XVI's legacy is already being defined, not only by his dedication, but also by his attempt to modernize outreach efforts. The pontiff will go down in history as the first pope with a Facebook page, a Twitter account, and a YouTube page. Benedict XVI's last day is set for February 28th. A new leader is expected to be in place in time for Easter on March 31st. Bianca Davy, Associated Press. All right, we're back. So, um, yeah, from judging by that and judging by what we know, this is going to be, like you said, this is going to be something major for them. And um, with this news coming, you know, this, you know, just out of nowhere, I guess, you know, I guess they're probably trying to scramble to figure out what's going to happen next. You know, this is something that hasn't happened in hundreds of years. So, you know, you know, the protocol is kind of slightly different than if he just, you know, up and die. But honestly, like I was discussing with you earlier, I mean, I would think that with him stepping down, first of all, you have to kind of give him, um, um, respect for having, you know, enough um, being a being leader enough to to admit that hey, you know, it's time for me to step down instead of having that foolish pride and holding on to a position just to hold on to it, knowing that you can't fulfill your obligations. But right, and you know, and like I agree with easier. I agree with you on that. Of you know, obviously being the head of the Roman Catholic Church is going to have a lot of responsibility to it, and it's a lot to keep up with. But the other viewpoint that I have seen out there that kind of has emerged from this is some people weren't too happy with it because their feeling on it was that when you are appointed to the position, that you are appointed to it for life. And as your life tends to, in many times with old age, deteriorate, they felt that that was kind of that Pope's cross to bear and that they shouldn't resign. So you've got a in the spectrum of opinions out there, those are kind of the two prevailing opinions that I've seen come up to the surface with this. But I, I agree with you. I think, you know, that's a lot to keep up with, and if he can't do it, then, you know, I respect the man for saying, hey, <laughs> let's get somebody else in here. But it almost seems like these people are more concerned about tradition versus uh, 
you know, I mean, it's, it's more that they're more concerned with tradition versus what um, the difference that can be made through him being pope. It's just uh-huh. more like you know, it's, it's just the office that's being held, and they're more concerned with that than the principles of what they claim to be God's word. So I think we have that those two issues right there, and also we have we have issues with another issue that I, I find you know troublesome, like just with the Catholic Church in general. You know, it's just like you know everything is just like I don't know. It's just everything is just set in unwillingness, no, no um, desire to progress. And it's no desire to progress with the time. Because I was discussing discussing with you earlier. It just seems like, you know, you look at even the, the Protestant religions, even they're um, starting to evolve with the times. But the Catholic Church, it, they are resistant to change. And I okay. think that is part of the reason why um, church membership, especially within the Catholic Church, has declined, you know, in recent years because they are resistant to change with the times. And you kind of look at, you know, from when the Catholic Church was founded, their principles and, and their way of doing things matched up with that time. Mm-hmm. You know, it didn't even, it wasn't even matching up with biblical times, but they made sure that their, you know, the, the church was, you know, relevant to their time. And they 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 kind of molded that religion to, to like you said, yeah, that and to keep up with the social and political scene at that time. So I think they they are missing the point that sometimes change is not a bad thing. Mm. And like you said, like what's the purpose of holding on to a position if you're not able to fulfill that obligation and to make a change, you know, you know, which that's what I'm assuming that you took that position, you know, to do. So, well, and I, there was, you know, what there's a lot of things that's going to be left over out of his papacy that's not always going to be good highlights. You know, mm-hmm. was he was more of a scholar than he was a person to actually work with the public. Uh, whereas the previous Pope John Paul II, he was very charismatic. He had a very good rapport with getting out there and working with the people and talking to the people, you know, talking to dignitaries, other groups outside of the Catholic faith. Whereas Benedict, great scholar, he was, you know, he can't deny the fact that he was definitely a, a student of the books, but he was not so much the people person, I guess. And... You know, there's a lot of stuff that, you know, but a lot of people say, well, and a lot of Catholics are sitting there right now holding their breath going, oh, God, what's going to happen with the church now? Personally, if you look at the College of Cardinals, the Pope himself handpicked the majority of people right. that are in that. And to me, like you said, like they have, uh, a larger window of time They have a larger window of time To uh, Pick someone versus like if he just Up and died like to me right. so It seems like they're I know it's, it's it's a change It's something different but really When you look at it 
I, I, I really don't see what the huge concern is. Well, I you know, guess. Maybe it's concerning them because it's, it, it goes against tradition and it goes against, you know, what they've been used to for several hundreds of years. But I, I, I really look at this as an opportunity to advance the church. And, it, and, and like we were discussing earlier, like, you know, maybe, you know, like you said, it, it could be a pull between, you know, the church going more liberal or more conservative, and it's, it's really a battleground to see what the people are going to think. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I, like you and I talked earlier, I had read some articles last year where there was a large divide forming within the Vatican about, you know, that's kind of a conservative versus liberal divide. And some people wanting things to move forward and change and evolve more with uh, more modern society, whereas the others are, like, digging their heels in and really wanting it to be just as ultra-conservative as it's always been. And I don't know. I think there's a great opportunity here for a new pope to do to really make some progress for the church. However, my personal fear is it's not going to happen because the College of the Cardinals meet and they elect the new pope. The majority of the College of Cardinals are have been handpicked by the current pope. And he's done that for a really smart reason, to keep his politics and his ideology in place. Yeah. So, so do you think this is Personally, this is more going to be more of a political issue versus more than a spiritual issue. Do you think this is this mostly plays into the politics of the church? Do you think it's more um, political than it, than anything else? Oh, absolutely. It's still a state. The Vatican is its own country. It is legally its own country. So, in technicality, the Pope is the head of that country not just the church. So you're looking at it on how things are laid out, and it's a, it's a little different structure than what you would think. But it's still, absolutely, it is its own, well, it's a struggle of the politics of the ideals. And if you think politics can get bloody, make the politics about religion, and then see how god-awful that storm can get. And... Yeah, that's what it's looking at right now, and I it'd be it's going to be interesting to see how where they go with it. Do you already sense there, in your opinion, do you sense that that there's already a great divide that just just from hearing what you and seeing what you've heard, I mean, you know, seeing what's in the media right now, do you sense that there is already a, a great divide? Um, there is a great divide in past articles that I read last year. Uh, there was a divide, kind of a conservative versus liberal divide within the Vatican itself. And also, you look at a lot of the members of the Catholic Church, the, or just the people, a lot of the people out there are very, shall we say, not extremely happy with some of the practices of the church. And, you know, there's a lot of the faith out there that have left the church just because they don't want to deal with it anymore. And, you know, they may keep their own personal beliefs as far as their faith goes, but as far as the church goes, they've left. They've just took off and said, heck with it, whatever. 
<clears throat> so you've got a lot of, and a lot of the Vatican's been criticisms over the years have been not dealing with issues that needed to be addressed, and prime example, the sexual abuse cases, and not moving forward to take proper action, and not to mention getting rid of a lot of, just closing out a lot of their own uh, parishioners. Just getting rid of them, saying, no, we're not going to do this. No, we're not going to do that. We will not condone this. We will not condone that. No. So a lot of people have been personally, heartfeltly disenfranchised by the church and just flat out leaving. Maybe a new pope would, uh, on a, if he was a little bit more progressive, he might be able to bring back some, bring back some of those people, you know. And I'm not going to completely, I, you will hear me in a lot of these discussions, really kind of stick it to the Catholic Church pretty good. And it's not my intention. It's, I'm sticking it to the institution. Not because the church does do some really good things out there. They do. They offer some really good services to people. They do a lot of uh, great work uh, for trying to feed hungry and help some of the more poverty poverty stricken areas in different countries. They do some good work out there. You know, and they are trying to do it, you know, I'm not gonna question their faith in God, you know, that by no means would I be trying to question their faith in God. But their institution needs work. <laughs> and unfortunately I feel it needs a lot of work. That was on the, and you, you hit on the question I'm going to ask you next. What do you feel that needs to happen in order for them to renew some sense of hope um, within the um, within Catholicism? What do you think that needs to be, ha- you know, needs to happen on top of what you've already said? I think the first thing that they need to do is fix their big problems. You know, the sexual abuse case now has been hanging over the heads of two popes. It started to unfold under John Paul II, and it really come to a head here under Benedict. I think the new pope needs to come in and be like, okay, here's what we're going to do. We are going to publicly share all of the archives, and we're going to acknowledge that we screwed up, and we're going to publicly acknowledge that the buck stops here. This is no longer going to take place. We are going to work with people and we are going to work with authorities, and we're going to change how this is handled from now on. Boom. Because remember that story that we did, um, I think it was a show or two ago, and I read about how a lot of these uh, these files were being hidden and they weren't being shared, mm-hmm. and some of these people have gotten away with it so long that they died. There was no justice brought right. to the individuals that were affected. You know, and I think, too, the other aspect of that is if any of those people that either committed the crimes or helped cover up the crimes, if those people out there are still working for the church in some capacity, fire them. Boom. Get it done. If the church wants to clean their image, then clean the image. Get rid of it. Not just fire them. They prosecute them. Oh, absolutely. But that's going to depend upon the laws under the individual states where it occurred. Or the different. What do you mean? Like, do you mean like as far as statute of limitations? Right. Depends on the country. 
depends on what country it occurred in, and if we're talking the United States, what state it occurred in, and what their limitations are. You know, depends uh, to on me, that. they need to stop shuffling these people around. Like you're shuffling, like what good is it to enter to move one problem to another place? It's like you're trying to run away from a problem, but you still, when you still get to your next destination, the problem's gonna still be there. That's true. And it's Their idea is it's out of sight, out of mind. So. I just think it's real suspicious. I think anybody that just shows up out of, out of nowhere, you know, it just, you know, and it, it just comes, like, you just need to know their background. I say, where, where are you from? Why did you move? Like, um, it's just, it's just to me, it's, it's a lot of stuff is secret. It's, I don't know if with them if, if, if it's unacceptable for you to question authority or question God or just ask questions in general and be, uh, inquisitive about things. I don't know if. if now, that, see, in the Catholic if, Church, no. My understanding of the Catholic Church is you do not question the priest. The priest does not question the people above him. What they say is what goes, and that's how it is. There is no questioning that. Even if it goes against, almost, almost to the point where even if it goes against the laws of the land, like, you still, your your loyalty mostly goes towards the leadership. Is that what you're saying? Well, pretty much, because the leadership is seen as part of the intercession between you and Christ. So what they say is what goes. And if you take the average person that is a devout Catholic and their priest says, do this, and they say, seriously, why? And the priest says, because I said so. Who are you going to question? You going to question the intercession to God? That's how a lot of the times it's looked at. Wow. So, wow. So I, I, I think a lot of this stuff. Do you think that a lot, a lot of these principles? That or things that they're practicing now. Do you think that came out of you? You, you said it came out of the original Catholic Church. Do you think a lot of those came out of a time where they were trying to politicize the church and keep the people under uh, rule, pretty much like and they and they use religion to uh, keep people bound? Like, do you think that a lot of those at the time when you know the Catholic Church was being founded, do you think a lot of people, like the common person, was ignorant and, and the people that were hired, they were more educated and they knew how to? Uh, well, I will say that if you even go back to, let's say, the Middle Ages and the 1400s and stuff, you know, back in the days of old in the church, it was just the law of the church and you didn't go against anything the church said because if you did, they would probably have you killed. You know, that was just the way back when they wielded all kinds of power. Or at the very least, yeah, excommunicated. You know, or you they, in some countries, they'd put you under house arrest. You know, look at Galileo. You know, a lot of you could be killed, you could be arrested, you could be charged with. You know, it was a method of control. 
Now, as the time has evolved, obviously the church doesn't have that kind of power anymore, but it is still a psychological power. It is still a mental power because they are supposed to be identified with the embodiment of Christ. So, therefore, their representation of the higher authority taking place and giving orders for things kind of can be psychologically intimidating. Right. So, and, I mean, even even here in America today, like mm-hmm. the Catholic Church, it seems like it still has a huge hold over people. Well, like not to they, mention that one of the richest institutions in the whole entire world is the Catholic Church. They can contribute money through different causes to politicians and buy votes for their projects as well. Wow. So, you know. And that that's just now getting back to your original question of what some of the things I think they should do to improve things for them and for their people. Obviously, first, you know, take a no nonsense approach with the sex abuse, apologize for what they allowed to go on, cut it out, find anybody that's still involved with it, turn the records over to authorities and kick the people out. Boom. Just say, okay, that's it. We got it. We're doing this. Boom. They're freaking gone. Leave it to the authorities to prosecute under their law, and now we're moving forward. Let me ask you this. Like, do you think that exposing these people would help? But also, but, but with that being said, do you think by doing that you run into uh, legal issues as well? Or uh, well, legal issues by exposing the people, there's always the you know, civil liability that the church would get sued for more things, which they probably will, but oh well. That's in America. Now, look in other countries. I don't know what the laws are in a lot of the other countries. But if they at least expose these people, it's showing that the the parishioners and the followers that, hey, you know what? We aren't perfect, and here's what's happened, and we're finally going to be honest. We're going to be honest, and we're going to show you that we are going to work through this, and we are going to do everything we can to stop this and put it behind us so we can go forward and try and make a positive impact instead of having this scar just staring out there. So that would be my first thought is to get that, get it done and out of the way, and start moving forward. The next thing is they will have to, if they do that, they will get rid of a lot of people. They will get rid of a lot of employees of the church. Even in some of the higher up echelons, they will gut that church if they do that. Which means it is so hard nowadays for them to get the priesthood is dwindling so quick that it's not even funny. It's hard for the Catholic Church to get priests. Very hard extremely hard for them to get people that want to be priests. So I think the next thing that they probably need to do is uh, consider in the theology of the church, is it really realistic, the restrictions that they have put on these priests? Mm-hmm. Is it realistic? Especially, like like I've discussed this before with you and other people, like the whole uh, thing dealing with, I guess, the, the chastity thing where you can't, Marry, or you have to take this vow of celibacy. I, I just don't think that that is 
realistic, and I don't think that that is a really. I don't think I don't think that is smart. I mean, I'm not smart. I, you know, I never want to be disrespectful to people's beliefs. I just don't think that that is uh, good for modern times. Like, I just don't think that. You know, I don't I'm, think. I don't think, and I agree with you entirely. But I don't, I don't think, think it's been good for any of the times, not just the modern ones. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's a reason that some things have uh, have been called one of the oldest professions. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it, it's. I think it's an unrealistic thing to expect out of. They go in that cookie jar. They're gonna go in that cookie jar and put their hand down in there when you ain't looking, and they're gonna get caught up. Yeah. And you know why should we? Why should someone be deprived? Of something. You know, a rewarding personally enjoyable life with a partner. Mm-hmm. Restricted. So I think if they would change that aspect, so, you know, if, rather than dressing it up and trying to make it sound nice, I'm just going to come out and say it, let the damn priest get married. Woo! So maybe come in, take a hatchet to the sex abuse case and fix that, move forward, let the priest get married and start so putting people... You let them get married to Sister Mary Clarence and let them go in the convent and get it in. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> and, and that's another thing, too. If the priests are allowed to get married, the nuns have to be allowed to get married also. Oh, yes. Now, because I know okay. that somebody out there is going to say, well, if the church does that for the men, they won't do it for the women. And unfortunately, well, that's probably right. So let's make that clarification equal there. But. I know it's the nuns can have sex, that means there's none of your business what goes on in the comments. You know? <laughs> you're going to have Sister Mary Clarence, you're going to have Pope, Pope Paul or whoever, they, you know, they, they, they'll be able to have a, have a healthy and rewarding, you know, relationship, and, and everybody will be happy. Everybody won't be walking around so uptight. Everybody won't and, have to be and, you know, before the people star, and, and it, it will be all good. And before people start there and saying that I'm advocating some kind of sexualized Catholic church, I'm not. I'm saying marriage, marriage happy marriages, consensual relationships with, that are a ha- that develop and foster into happy, healthy relationships and marriages. Hell, what they, they can make what, have what their they, own. No, family. no, 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 no. Stop right there. We, we don't keep it real on this show. And I don't care what nobody says. If you don't like it, turn the dial. Because I'm going to tell you, we're not advocating that. It's better than what's going on now. It's better than these young mm-hmm. boys and these young girls getting getting molested. And then you guys want to shift around the problem, and then you want to cover up everything and tell everybody to be quiet. So how are you going to get mad at us for condoning a healthy, healthy and meaningful relationship, and you're going to say something about that, but you're not saying anything. Everybody want to keep, keep hush about all this sexual abuse is going on. Mm-hmm. Because I figured See somebody would eventually say, well, what are you thinking about doing, Michael? Is your thought process here just letting them make it a free-for-all orgy? No. Letting them develop relationships. Let them be married. Let them be able to have families. You know, let them have that aspect of their life. Mm-hmm. I said, you're not depriving yourself. Yeah. Better yet, let's phrase it this way. Let them be human. Exactly. So, but then again, 
I I think that would be a wonderful standpoint. Well, then people wouldn't be so afraid to join the priesthood. It wouldn't be such a bad thing then in a hard, difficult, arduous personal journey for people. They might actually see the church build up a little bit. Well, didn't Paul say uh, is it is better to marry than to burn anyway? Yeah, I mean, burning desire and lust. So pretty much in a in paraphrase here, you know, the teachings of Paul was it's celibacy is not for everybody. <laughs> it's not. I think you know. I think people need to keep their hand out the cookie jar. That's what they need to do. I mean, if you can do it, God bless you. But for the rest of the population that can't, <laughs> you know. What we're going to do? Punish them for being. You know what? This conversation goes so many ways. But I'm not going to go there mm. because I don't know. I mean, because you know, this this is an adult show anyway. So I'm I'm just going to ask you the question: Is masturbation, since they have no other sexual outlet, is masturbation a sin? Is it against the? I mean, what what is it? Wow! In the eyes of the church. Ah, uh, is is that your question in the eyes of the church? Yeah. I, the best way that I, mean, I can answer that. Talk about, let's talk about it. The best way that I can answer that question goes back to something that I had heard that spawned out of the 1950s. So I don't know what today's official standpoint is in the church. I don't know. But I had heard that in the 50s, that was looked down upon and condemned by the church. But I cannot speak to that. Walk around with testicles the size of grapefruit, <laughs> knocking people over when you turn the corner, and knocking them poor altar boys off the ledge or off that off that ledge up there. So you supposed to do that? Again, that's what I. The only mention I had read or heard of anything about that was back from the 1950s. I don't know if that is still true today. <laughs> okay, this ain't no leave it to beaver days. Yeah, yeah. Back then, that was the standpoint that I had been told, but I don't know if that's. Uh, no, if I had to take an educated guess, I'd say they probably don't think too highly of it. But they would probably see it as a form of encouraging sexual exploration. But. Again, I don't know. I can't comment for sure because I'm not certain on today. Well, that's the case. Why they teach these young altar boys there's such thing as good touch and bad touch? You want to educate them on everything else, which you, and you want to act like you, you want to condone people just being celibate. Why don't you teach these young altar boys, these young kids, good touch and bad touch? Well, that's the problem, yeah, though. They taught the kids that didn't you teach them. have one or the other. If you're going to educate the children to, to know when somebody's Violating him if you're not going if you're not going to change that or you know what I'm saying I mean how you need to you know have teach these people to be educated so they don't become victims yeah you know I, I think heard. that's part of the problem too I think a lot of times we don't teach our children or we don't we don't teach them that hey we're we're so trusting with and I mean I'm joking around but I'm serious now I like we teach our children that. I think we're 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 too we we're too loose I don't wanna say too loose with our children but we don't 
Treasure Rock kid. We don't we don't really uh, we're too trusting when it comes to our children, and we think because these people are uh, religious leaders or these people are supposed to be people that we look up to society, we think we can just throw them off to these people, and there's no accountability. And to me, I think that okay, if you guys are not gonna teach, I mean, then if they're resistant to change, then you need to start educating your children. You need to start telling your children, hey, if they do this, this, and that. Then you you and you leave the door open for them to be able to come talk to you because I think a lot of times when you're dealing with abuse, that's why this stuff goes. You know, like these people hold this stuff in for you because they feel like they can't talk to nobody, and they feel if they go to somebody, they're gonna be ridiculed, they're gonna be ostracized, and I don't think that that the door is not left open for you to that your children come talk to you. That's the problem right there. And you're so quick to throw your children off on, on the, on the, on you know, to the to the school system, to the teacher, to the pastor, to the priest, uh, you know, and and you think that all these people out here have your child's best interest in heart. No, that is your responsibility to look after your ch- ch- children. Nobody else's. Yeah. So I think a lot of times, you know, you know, when we look at situations like this, if if the church obviously doesn't have your best interest in heart. You have to have, you know what I'm saying? You got to look after your own children. God bless you with them. Yeah. And I think that a lot of times a lot of that abuse will end if we start educating our kids just being up front and real with them. Quit, quit talking to these kids like they're this little baby talking, this blue guy guy stuff. These children need to know the, the, the real, honest, cold, blunt truth with, with what's going on out here today. And if you don't teach it to them, somebody is going to teach it to them. And there's a lot of predators out here that's going to take advantage of your child's ignorance. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm going, you know, another direction with this. I don't care because it needs to be said. There's a lot of people that are taking advantage of some of these children's, their ignorance. Right. And, and that's you know, just not even just the Catholic Church either. That's in a lot of churches out there. Oh, yes. And that's why I mentioned, you know, I didn't just mention this. So I, that's why I said, you know, we're so quick to trust the teachers. We're so quick to, mm-hmm. you know, trust everybody else. Like, you know, this is a good segue to, like, something I've seen. Like, you know, I, I've seen um, on the news. And something else that these parents need to be watching out for is these these text apps. And they were saying how, like, a lot of um, parents don't don't think to look through all the apps on their phone. Mm-hmm. And now they're saying these these children are um, uh, using these text texting apps like Text Plus or Text for Free or whatever apps, and they can privately text people, and you don't even know it. And a lot of these predators know this, and they're able to take advantage of this, and your child could be texting some child molester or somebody older than them or anyone, and you don't even know what's going on. Like, Or they could be texting each other, sending pictures, all kind of inappropriate things, and it goes like it's, it's not even in, on, in the radar Like, like because they're not using that actual texting, that, that you know, the SMS to, you know, right. you know the, through your phone the, company. They're using this, this, this service. And it's and, and they're able to communicate like this, and a lot of parents don't know this. And they were doing things with this, you know, going on here, seeing who they can catch. 
And do, don't you know that they found, like, people that were in law enforcement, they found all kind of people that you would have never suspected. These people are supposed to be the ones that are supposed to uphold and protect, you know, the community, and, and they're sitting up here, you know, preying on your children. Mm-hmm. So, really, when we look at this whole thing, when we talk about the sex abuse thing, like, yeah, you're right. It just, it doesn't, you know, stop at the Catholic Church. It's just in general. Right. So, so I don't know how you feel about that, but that's that's how I feel. I'm pretty much in complete agreement with you on that. Now, I don't think any uh, anybody out there would probably disagree with that. If you have the children, you have got to keep a complete eye on them, because if you don't, somebody else will. Oh, yeah, they're going to keep their eye on you. Mm-hmm. They gonna, let me shut up. I'm not gonna go there. Hmm. See, y'all don't like to hear. Y'all don't like to hear the honest truth. Y'all like somebody to, to cover it up. See, you like someone to sugarcoat it. You don't want to hear the cold, honest truth. That's the problem now. See, somebody brings it to you real raw and uncut, then you want to get offended. But see, that that's just how it is out here. But um, anybody that wants to call in and comment, uh, feel free to do so at area code 646-915-8200. We're we're about to jump into, uh, let's see what else we had to talk about. I just want to get all the news out the way before we jump into our granny uh, uh, part of the show. And we're going to talk about this last story. I don't really have too much of the facts on it. But, I mean, I had the general facts of it, but it also leads into something else I want to talk about. People, we need to get to a point to where we need to stop being selfish. And like I said, this ties into also something else dealing with children. If you had a relationship with somebody and the relationship ended sour, Okay, that's fine. Things happen in life. People grow apart. People go their separate ways. That's fine. But when you're when you're dealing with children and you bring them into the equation, you cannot use children as a bargaining chip, or you can't use children as pawns, or you can't use children as like they're a piece of furniture, or they're a vehicle, or they're an object. You have to learn how to to work through your differences. And you have to learn how to to be adults because your children are watching you. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it is, is like a lot of these custody issues get so dirty. They get so, I mean, they get downright dirty. Like, and, and the thing about it is they, some of these cases get drugged through the courts for years. These issues get drugged, and, and, and the system is so bogged down with these these with these custody issues. And it's to me it's just a crying shame that we are sitting up here wasting the court's time with petty issues because you can be adult enough to work out your differences so you had to bring it to the courthouse and, and trouble the courthouse with, with some petty drama. And you want to bring some children in the middle of it. Yeah. And this story that we're talking about, you know, uh, I saw it um, 
on the Associated Press Wire. I seen it on their channel on YouTube, where I guess a custody battle ended ended up in a shootout in Wilmington, um, Delaware. And to me, it should have never gotten to that point. And they said this was a case that was the custody case that's been drugged through the court system for years. And now you have people dead because of this. Mm-hmm. Now, first of all, to me, that first of all, you're selfish because you're not, before you even, you, you allowed your anger to take you to a place to where now, you know, your children are about to go probably be in a foster system. I mean, luckily, if they, if they have some family, they'll be able to take them in. But you're putting your children in a situation where they're not going to have neither one of their parents. And see, we need to get to a point to where, you know, cut out with all this baby mama drama, this baby daddy drama, all this ghetto bullshit. You know what I'm saying? We we need to cut out the ghetto bullshit. If you if you know what I mean, like because to me it's embarrassing, it, it's tacky, it, it's not teaching your children anything, and, and, it, and a lot of times they see this all the drama, and it's just going to be a continuous cycle. And they're going to get into relationships. They're going to get into just friendships, relationships in general that are dysfunctional because they see the pattern that you set and the example that you set, and they think that that's acceptable. Right. Did so, you have a clip on the shooting? Uh, I couldn't remember if you did or not. Uh, let me see. I think... I think I downloaded it, but I'm not sure. Uh, I don't think I had that shoot. But uh, I'm going. What we gonna do? I'm. Cause I'm, gonna, cause I'm I've gonna got quotes here from the CNN article that I'm reading. Okay, because I was gonna try to find an article on it. So if you want to read it, that's yeah, we can do that. Now this was. Uh, Posted today at about 3.48 p.m. It's on CNN.com. Two women and gunmen killed in Delaware courthouse shooting. Um, So the man entered the lobby of the Newcastle courthouse around 8 a.m. and began shooting. He acted alone. Uh, Shooting was not an act of terrorism. The two who are dead are women, but they haven't released any names yet, at least not from what I've seen in the article here. Uh, police had said it's uncertain so far how the gunman died. They're investigating whether he killed himself or whether the police killed him. Uh, it appears that one was the guy's, the male's estranged wife. They don't know if the other female was his a relative of some kind or somewhat. They don't know that yet. Uh, two police officers were injured. They were treated and released. At a local hospital, thanks to their bulletproof vest. Mm. But they said that they're not sure. Then nobody has released a name yet. So that's just kind of the highlights of what I'm grabbing off of this article here. Wow. So like I said, you know that 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 was just an unfortunate situation. It was just a, a situation that was totally unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Totally unacceptable. So I mean, what do you? I mean, what do you personally feel about that? Or I mean, what do you feel about the like custody issues in general, where people can't work things out 
civilly, you know, like as I have adults. seen a lot of custody battles for years go on, you know, professionally and personally within friends or whatever. And I've seen some of these battles go on for years. And it's like the two people are using the children as get-even markers or bargaining chips or ways to get even with the spouse that they're bitterly embroiled at. And I'm like, seriously, people, think about this. Do you know what you're doing to your kids? Mm-hmm. Do you realize that using them as a device for revenge is almost like a super domestic terrorism form? I mean, domestically meaning domestically, home life, personal life, and you're using these children as torture devices against the spouse. And then you find in a lot of these custody battles where the one parent probably could have cared less if they ever got custody. They just don't want the other parent to have custody. And it's sickening. It is sickening. Yeah, I understand, you know, like you said earlier, people drift apart and sometimes the relationship just isn't going to work out. But you know what? Use these children as bargaining chips or a device for revenge. And then to go so much to the point that, you know, say you lost in court and then, it okay, well, you lost in court. Guess what? I wish people would think about something like this. If you are that strongly, if you are really trying to be that good of a parent, that you are fighting tooth and nail, scratching and clawing, trying to have custody of your children, if you are really that good of a parent and you have, let's say for lack of a better term, lost in the courts, wait a few years. Your children will grow up. And when they grow up, you know, until then, you have to go by the system. You have to go by what the system can have. You'll have them when you can have them. And maybe sometimes you need to clean up your act a little bit before you would be able to be around your kids more often. A lot of times, some of these parents don't need the children. Oh, no. And then, so it's like, you know, if you really feel that you are that much wronged in the proceedings, you know what? There's one thing about kids. They're not stupid. As they get older, they will grow up, and they will probably come back around. Unless They'll make their own judgment. Right. You know, and I think another thing that we also what complicates the situation, too, is when the parents are bad-mouthing each other. Right. To the you yeah. know, and I think a lot of times I think that that uh, adds fuel to the fire and then when you you what actually has even more fuel to the fire is like when you have the, you know the other spouse has a new partner and they're instigating the situation instead of trying to bring peace to a situation they're instigating the situation a lot of times. Mm-hmm. So you have all these factors that are playing into uh, this dysfunction, and I think that. It is very, very dis- you know unfortunate that um, that a lot of times these custody cases can you know can get really ugly and people can end up getting hurt you know not even mentioning just the children themselves but people physically getting into arguments, fights, um, guns being drawn, just just all kinds of just 
just ridiculous, uncivilized behavior. I'm going to have to dial back in from another handset. Hmm? I'm going to have to dial back in here from another handset. (laughs) Okay. Arthur, you'll be back in a couple minutes? Just uh, about 10 seconds. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, Michael, we're going to go to another song, and that'll give you time to um, dial back in. We're going to um, um, segue into this, um, to to the Grammy uh, conversation, and then we're just going to close out for tonight. Um, if anybody wants to call in, 646-915-8200. We're going to go to a little Frank Ocean, and then uh, we're going to be back with our show. Uh, I think we have another caller. Let's see. JR? Is this JR? I actually. Hello? 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 Can you hear me? Yeah, is this JR? Yeah, hey, what's going on, man? Nothing much, man. We've just been talking about a couple of We're going to start talking about the Grammys here in a minute. Did you get a chance to watch them last night? No, unfortunately not, man. I, uh,. I yeah, I've been real. Mhm. Hello. Hello, you got there, Michael. Yes, I'm here. Okay, I think we just lost Jr. He'll probably call back in. Um, but um, what we're gonna do is we're gonna probably go to uh, a really quick song, and we will be back. Um, this song is only like three minutes, so I just wanted to just transition, have something to kind of transition to um, the awards. And once again, 646-915-8200 is the number you need to call if you have a comment. Because I know some of y'all have some comments. Y'all was lighting up my Facebook yesterday. Uh, well, y'all was, now, come on now. Y'all was lighting my Facebook up yesterday. Where y'all at? Y'all, y'all had all that yin-yang to talk last night. I need to call. I need y'all to call in with some more that yin-yang. But um, before we go to this song, John, we've been talking about a couple things, and I know how you, you I know how you'll get on a tangent as far as talking about this, but what do you think we, we talked about? Did you hear about the Pope stepping down? Uh, that I did hear about. Um, and, and in all honesty, I was shocked to hear that. I figured he would have been one of them that would have done it until the day he died, you know? And But you know what? Like I said, you know, uh, you gotta kind of have, even though he went against tradition, you gotta have respect for someone that's man enough to say, "Hey, you know, instead of being greedy and holding on to a power, I'm gonna pass this torch on to someone else that can fulfill these obligations and make a difference in the Catholic Church." Because I'll be honest with you, right now the Catholic Church is in a bad way. Absolutely, and I think he realizes that, and he realizes, you know, and it takes a lot of person a person that doesn't have foolish pride to realize that in the past that torch on, you yeah. know. So I didn't yeah, know what you, you thought about. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it, it's like I said, it really shocked me. I, uh, um, it, this, this pope here, he was a very controversial pope for his short stint in. Um, you know, he, he uh, I, I admire the man for acknowledging that, you know, he just, it, he just, may not be able to handle the job anymore, you know. They, I mean, it, it takes a big man to do that, you know. Um, but, you know, like, like you said, the Catholic Church is definitely hurting. Uh, 
through all the controversies for the past uh, couple of decades that have gone on there. Attendance is at an all-time low. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, uh, they, 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 maybe they can get someone in there to revive it, you know, bring in some new concepts. I mean, I, I can't help but think in Kevin Smith's masterpiece called Dogma, where, uh, it, you know, George Carlin played the high cardinal in the eastern, in the east border, you know, of the Catholic Church, and he introduced the buddy Christ. Hell, we may be seeing something like that happening here before too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, um, you know, um, I wanted to ask you a question briefly about another story that we did before we were going to go to a song and then jump to the Grammy uh, commentary. What um, there was recently, well, today I guess it hit news when there was a shooting, a shootout at um, in uh, Wilmington, Delaware, like in the courthouse there, uh, focused well, it was it centered on a custody dispute. And Michael, you had details on it. Can you like kind of uh, summarize that again on what happened? Yeah, basically the they haven't released any names yet, but this guy that had been embroiled in a custodial battle went into the courthouse, shot his estranged wife and another undisclosed female. And the gunman himself did die, but we don't know if it's actually, you know, we don't have the names yet, but he did wound two police officers. We don't know if he killed himself or if he died from the officer shooting him or what exactly. But it was all centered around a long, drawn-out custody battle over children. So what do, you, what do you think about that? Do you think that a lot of these, like, a lot of these custody battles can get ugly in life? I, like I was saying, who who are really the adults in this situation? Who's looking out for the children? Because obviously the adults aren't the ones that are looking out for the children. And see, you want to be selfish because you, you couldn't accept the fact that people grow apart and, and you know, you couldn't you guys couldn't come to the sense that you, your relationship was going to work out. So you didn't think anything about your children. Now your children are without a mother, and now they're going to be without a father because he's dead, you know. And, well, we don't know if the mother's dead, but, I mean, what if she does die? Yes, she is. Oh, wow. Well, well, you know, they. I mean, as – I mean – it, the uh, custody battles, they, I mean, are always, are most of the time can get real ugly and personal, where uh, lawyers are reaching for lowest common denominator to try to gain the advantage. Sometimes the party that's doing the fighting, say the female, you know, it, to get full custody instead of splitting custody, so that way they get more child support, you know? Hmm. So you're saying a lot of times he's dealing with money issues as well? Oh, absolutely. It, depending on how long they were married, uh, money, personal assets, and so on. You know, in, in Indiana, cutoff time is 10 years, and they get half, you know, automatically. Uh, now, if you look up, uh, God, I, I'll tell you the name of the website off off the air, but they, there's a, a video online. It happened back in the 
late 80s, early 90s, this uh, New York mafioso, um, his wife was divorcing him, and she turned state's evidence, right? Well, he went to hand him the divorce papers and had the local news right there present, you know, because she felt safer that way. And the guy right in front of the uh, of the newscaster and right in front of the cameraman just whipped out a gun as she's handing him the divorce papers, whipped out a gun and shot her right right from the camera and just walked oh, away. Huh. It was on live TV. And, you know, so it's not the first time, you know, so somebody has totally gone in, in a manner of sense postal, you know, to, <laughs> to use that term. Sure. But, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, there. I'm sure, you know, for this guy, and, again, um, I don't know either party in this. This is the first time I've heard of this story. But uh, I'm sure, you know, if it got to this point, this guy – this has been a long drawn out battle, you know. And I think that I think the courts should be having a zero tolerance, no nonsense approach with dealing with this stuff. All this back and forth stuff, and it just seems like they just see all this stuff, and it's just, you know, my thing is, what about the children? Like, do you do they care about the children? I mean, like, no, I just, no, I the children are just a case number. They're just a case number and a file to be passed on through. Now these kids will be put through the system until now both families end up fighting to see who's going to get custody of these kids, you know? And, and until then, they're going to be put in a state-sponsored foster home, you know? And, and it, it, they're just going to be another cycle ran through, you know? It, it, it's sickening the way these things happen, but greed has got a lot to do with these things happening. Mm-hmm. Well, we want to thank you for that. Uh, you know, you know, giving your opinion and stuff like that. And, I mean, because this, we really need to really talk about these issues, especially when we're dealing with the children that are defenseless and they can't, they can't defend themselves. Absolutely. You know? And you know, I think we need to have more of a dialogue because these, these situations are becoming more common. And, and, and this, and this is just an example of what can happen. When adults can't put aside their their differences and just come together and decide, hey, what can we do? Okay, I know we didn't work out as a couple, but what can we just do to enrich the lives of the children? You know, well, they and make they sure that need, they grow up in a healthy um, environment. You know, they they also need to have set guidelines. For example, you know, I, I when Michael Strahan retired, his uh. Well, now ex-wife ended up taking him to court and taking him for all these millions of dollars. Now, granted, she was with him during the beginning of his NFL career, but she wasn't the one out there doing all the tackling on all these guys, you know. She wasn't the one putting her body on the line. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, you know, to say that she, because she was married to the man, she deserves X amount of, like X amount of millions, and then all of a sudden, she needs to get X amount of millions for child support is ludicrous. Mm-hmm. Just because she's used wow. to a certain lifestyle. Wow. Mm-hmm. But that's how it is, my friend. Yeah. 
Well, guys, we got to move on because I want to touch this before we go off air. So I'm, we're going to go to this quick song. It's going to be three minutes long. It's not a long song, but I just need to segue into what we've been talking about into the Grammy Awards. This is, that, that is the title of the show, and I just want to do something so I can throw it up on um, YouTube tonight. And, um, so we're going to go to a quick song by Frank Ocean, and we're going to be right back, and we're going to just jump in because uh, I want to talk about that. And I'm going to talk about the recording industry and just the music industry earlier because I posed the question before break. Uh, well, earlier, uh, right before this, you know, we came into the show, uh, like, do you think that that uh, we as, well, the music industry has compromised its, you know, art, artistic integrity to remain relevant in today's mainstream you know what I'm saying, uh, culture. And I, and I really think that they have really compromised by their artistic integrity and just I think a lot of times we, we don't really find people that are unique anymore, people that everybody's caving in to what the mainstream culture wants them to be. So we're going to talk about that here in a little bit, but we're going to jump to this song and we will be back briefly. A tornado flew around my room before you came. Excuse the mess it made. It usually doesn't rain in Southern California, much like Arizona. My eyes don't shed tears, but boy, they bore. When I'm thinking about you, oh, no, no, no. I've been thinking about you, you, no, no, no. I've been thinking about you. Do you think about me still? Do you, do you?
we are back. I just wanted to take a quick break, kind of break things up before we jump into our official review. I think we lost JR. But let me tell y'all, this is going to be our official 2013 review of the 55th annual Grammy Awards. That was a lot. That was a long tag title, I know. But, baby, let me tell you, this year, this year, this year, I just don't even know what to say. I mean, sure enough, there were some highlights. But to me, I was just disappointed. They weren't really giving me, like Quadera would say from YouTube, they weren't giving me my meal. They weren't giving me my four-course meal with the side drink and the fries to go along with the burger. They didn't give me the whole value meal. They didn't give me what I was looking for this year. I'm sorry to say it. And to start off, you know, because I got some notes written down. We're going to go from start to finish. You know, I'm going to hit on the highlights because we're going to talk about, we're going to go through the categories here in a minute. But I'm just going to give you what I saw and what I observed about the, you know, the entire Grammy Award um, presentation this year. And I'm, I'm sorry, you know, I know people just, you know, everybody just feels so guilty to say anything about Taylor Swift, you know. And I'm just saying, you know, she's a cute little teeny bopper, you know. But, girl, okay, Kanye West, who you say some years ago, girl, get over it. Now, you are almost pretty much a grown woman. I'm going to need your songs to match your age. You're an evolving young woman, an evolving young artist. And, you know, you have some good material, but, girl, I'm going to need you to kind of grow up. And you're singing songs about we'll never get back together. This is just like a little high school song. Girl, I'm going to need you to evolve. Come up with the times, okay? That little Dr. Seuss gang of freaks that you had to open up the show, okay? It would have been good for the teen sorts awards or whatever. But, baby, this is a grown Grammy Award. I'm going to need you to come up with the age, come up with the times. Okay, sweetie, that's all I'm saying. What about her shot at her ex during the song? What did you say? Her taking a shot at her ex during the song. Hmm. I know. I don't know. I don't know the story behind it, but I said she was taking a shot at somebody. Yeah. I was like, oof. Hmm. But I will say, um, this year, LL Cool J, he was the host of the um, 55th Annual um, uh, Grammy Awards. And I will say he did a very wonderful job, very classy, very elegant. Uh, I will say still a young man. I mean, he, you know, um, you know, he's really classy, really elegant, uh, really brought some humor to it, uh, was very tasteful. Uh, I think it was a good choice for them. Um, this year, um, and he really had an inspiring opening message toward the show. It was just, just really touching, you know, and um, he pretty much said what it meant to him and what it meant to uh, the Grammy Awards, meant to the music industry. You know, it was just, um, uh, like you said, it was pretty much like you saying, it's just a time for us to come together and just, you know, come as one and just celebrate the artistry of music. So that was really a good thing. Now, let's talk about Miss Adele. Did you yeah. get to chance to see what she had on? I seen the picture of it when I went back and reviewed the stuff. Okay, 
Well, first of all, congrats to Adele. I love, I'm going to preface this by saying I love me some Adele. I love the girl. I love her to death. She's one big sister, and she can sing. She can, she got, she can just open them lungs and just sing, just big old. Church, she mind you, was one of them old church women. That church, them old women, that old happy day choir women. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. She showing up look like she had one of them old dresses on too. Let me tell you something, Adele. You got you got a phenomenal voice, but you don't have a phenomenal style. And let me tell you something. She came up on stage that flower dress on, and and them them those flowered heels. I all of a sudden I just wanted to go get me a cup of tea and sit down and I had a, I had a taste for one of the most strawberry muffins. When you go fuck muffins, she that dress, she she just made me hungry for a damn muffin and I was like, no, honey, no. I mean, this, we don't do that here in America. Oh goodness. So that, but I just wanted to send a shout out to her because I know you just keep doing your thing, girl. Because I know you got it. All right. Um, something else. One time, I miss Miranda. Yeah, she she um she performed. She looked fabulous. She looked wonderful. Like I said on Facebook, move over, Nicki Minaj, because she came on stage. She was giving us hips, legs, thighs, and breasts. Like I, I mean, you got the whole to do. I said you would. I said anything else. I said you know you you could have went to Popeyes and got a full meal. You, I mean, because it felt like you she was just giving it all. But she 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 really gave it all, and it was all natural, unlike Nicki Minaj. But we're not gonna go there. She did a wonderful job. Um, next performance I really want to talk about is Wiz Khalifa and Miguel. All right, Miguel. Let me tell you something. You will never. In your life, because you could have done that performance just fine by yourself. You did not need the assistance of a cockroach to help you sing that song with Khalifa. Now I don't know what he had on with that black and white suit, looking like you know how like that 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 gun that has the zigzag kind of like designed <laughs> in it. That's what it looked like. And he this this fool had on some shoe some some boots and shoes with no socks on. Didn't have no shirt on up under. The jacket, and I'm like, that does not fly. Like you really, like, and, and Miguel, he's a good artist. He he's on point. You know what I'm saying? Miguel, he, he, he's sharp. But I think that with Khalifa, this like the collaboration was good, but the image, the the actual image, like, no, it just it it just didn't work for y'all. So I don't know about that. So. Speaking of Miguel, I want to get on this because, and I know a lot of this is not going to be a, a, a popular opinion, but I think it is to some people because I know I got some likes on this uh, comment last night. But I'm sorry. To me, Carrie, Kelly Clarkson is overrated. I think the only reason why she relevant is because she was the first American Idol, and people are going to always remember the first American Idol. But to me, um, I don't like something about her I don't like. I don't like her attitude. She's very arrogant. Um, she's To me, I'm going to flat out say she's trashy. Um, anything that you put her in, she can dress up as much as she wants. She still gives off trashy vibes. And to me, like, 
like I always say, you can put a hog in a tuxedo, but he's still, but he or she or it is still a hog. The one that had all those diamonds. She has something on, but I, I yeah, she had something on, and I don't think they were diamonds. They were more like um, Dollar Tree, Dollar Store rhinestones that look like kind of glued on to some bullshit before the show. Excuse my language. But um, to me, what really threw the icing on the cake to where I just don't really feel her now is how are you going to throw shade towards another artist? Like when she came up to accept her award for a song, okay, whatever. I don't like her, but hey, what, I'm not going to hate on her. Let her shine on her moment. But when you threw shade towards Miguel and said that, I don't know who you are, but, you know, maybe we need to do a collaboration. They're like, girl, first of all, Miguel is very well known. Who are you as an artist? You don't even know who Miguel is, sweetie. And you call yourself a pop star, a pop icon. Now, I think you was trying to be fun. And to me, like, you know what? This is not, you're not queens of comedy, girl. Um, you may be queen of the trailer park, but you're not queens of comedy, okay? So before, before you get on stage throwing shade towards another artist, you need to be respectful. And I'm sorry, like, you are not hot. You're not what I call American Idol. Now, Miss Carrie Underwood, on the other hand, I like Carrie Underwood. She's a very beautiful lady, very beautiful personality. I mean, very classy, just a class act. She, you know, she looked wonderful. She was dressed beautiful last night, and she can sing. And to me, you're no match to her. I think I think Carrie Underwood should get more shine than you, Miss Kelly Clarkson. So you need to have a seat. And, and like I said, I may not like have not liked you, but really, like I said, at the end of the day, you were very disrespectful. You were very arrogant last night, and to me. You don't sound, you, you're not star-worthy material. But that's just my opinion, okay? So we're going to move right on along from that. But I just want to throw that in there. As far as to all you Kelly Clarkson fans, I don't care what you have to say. That's my opinion. Because she didn't have any right to be disrespectful like that last night. Okay, moving right on along. Um... The guys that sing We Are Young, i got to pull, those name, pull their name up. They won a couple of awards, you know, and I do like that song, but that wardrobe, some of them wardrobes they were wearing, I'm like, man, one of them came up on stage with a chili bowl haircut and some platform heels. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know if I should go. The bin, I just feel like I, I just had an urge to go to Ben's Chili Bowl, just pack my bags up and go to D.C. and go to Ben's Chili Bowl and give me a bowl of hot chili because that just looked like somebody dumped some some hot chili on his head. I, I don't know what that was, but um, I guess, you know, different strokes for different folks, but I just wanted to give a shout-out to them, and I'm trying to find the name of that group. Um, hmm. People. We're going to go down the list anyways in a little bit. But, yeah, they did pretty well. They won a couple of awards. Uh, I will say I was glad to see Justin Timberlake make his comeback to the world of music. I, I'm really glad to see him back. I don't think that his performance was the highlight of the, the evening. I do think that the highlight performance was from Bruno Mars, which 
they did a tribute to Bob Marley, and it just really was a very fun and just energetic performance. It really got the, the crowd going and got everybody, you know, engaged and stuff. But Justin Timberlake, was, did, he did very well. Um, I was very happy to see him come back, you know, uh, very sharp brother. Um, he did, a, you know, Jay-Z collaborated with him along with some other artists, and it was just good to see him back. And we haven't seen him put out anything lately. So it was good seeing him come back on the scene. So, um, like I said, Miss Kelly Underwood, she, she performed last night. She did a wonderful job, very beautiful. She won an award, I think, in the country music um, genre. Um, I got to say this. Um, Frank Ocean is a good producer, very good songwriter, but I I was surprised when he actually won um, a new category that they had out this year called the the Best Urban Contemporary Album. Now, he was in the category with Chris Brown and Miguel, and I was really surprised that, okay, I'm not surprised that he probably lost, I mean, he won over Chris Brown, because a lot of people are still mad at him, but still, I was surprised that he even won over Miguel. But um, you should have seen the look on Chris Brown's eyes when his eyes got real big when they said that Frank Ocean won the category. And I just said, you know, from what I heard, that there was some beef between him and Chris Brown or something a couple weeks ago or something like that or recently. But anyways, he won that category. Um and pretty much, that was just what I, you know, that was my take on things. It was okay. There was some things, but it was just very boring to me this year. You know, I just think, and I was surprised that they didn't mention anything about Lady Gaga. They didn't mention anything about Nicki Minaj. They didn't mention anything about Madonna. It would just seem like a lot of these artists that did things for shock value, like, were irrelevant this year, and it was just, I don't know, you know, um, Beyonce, um, she was in the audience, um, some people said that Kelly Rowland outdressed her this year, but I, you know, Beyonce, she, I don't care, even if she's not really trying to be, Beyonce's been all over the place this year, and I know she's probably tired, and you know, with her not really performing last night, I guess she wanted to take a break. You know, she's going to look good when she comes out, but, you know, just imagine doing event after event after event, and you have to be fabulous at every event. You know, it was okay for her to be mediocre last night. It was okay for her to just just look nice, you know. And I I just think that, you know, a lot of people just kind of hate. And I I just don't think that you always have to overdo it every time, especially if you're not performer. I just think that she was just there to relax and support her husband, but they both looked really good, you know, needless to say. So um, let's see what else we need to talk about. Did you have anything that you wanted to talk about as far as the Grammy Awards or what you saw? No, I I was just perusing over your postings and going back and reading a few things. I've, I've seen the Adele outfit. <laughs> and I did hear about the... I just saw Strawberry Jam when I seen yeah. that. And the Taylor Swift. Hot Butter Biscuit. I was reading an article about the Taylor Swift thing, and I 
I'm like, okay. Ooh, uh, what did they say? I wasn't that the she was the opening act, right? Yes, she was. Okay, yeah, about how in the there's a part there in the middle of the song where she talks normally, and she was using a British accent in part of that line, taking a shot at her ex, who's mm-hmm. British. And I was I was thinking to myself, shaking my head, going, "Grow up, just grow up. You're on the Grammys. You're supposed to be an opening act." You're supposed to be performing, doing your song, doing what you're known for. Try not to be childish and immature. Just go out there and put on your best little performance and then go back behind the stage again. Because, see, at that point, you ain't you know better than Kanye West when he puts you on blast. So don't, girl, don't try it now because, honey, you are a grown woman now, and you doing grown woman things. Don't be surprised when someone gives you a grown woman um, reaction, Okay. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. But yeah. I, I agree with you on I, I I agree with you hundred percent on that, Michael. But one more thing I want to touch on before we wrap this review up. Do you think as we mentioned earlier, do you think that the the industry is suffering now? Do you just think it's just evolving? Or do you I mean, or do you think it's a mixture of both? Personally, I think it's a mixture of both. I mean, there's as technology and innovation comes through and new things are able to be done, new ways of making music, new influences, you're going to see it evolve. It can't help but to evolve. But still in some aspect, I think it is still suffering. But I think the suffering from it is in the quality of some of the performers out there. Yeah. Like you you and I had talked about how they are, I don't know, selling out, making increasingly, which, you know, they're human, they're going to make bad choices from time to time, but just how they'll sacrifice some of their, I don't know, like you said, sell out in a lot of ways. I think the way the industry is structured, it makes it easier for them to sell out like that. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's, it's it's clear across the board. I think it's in every genre. And I, and I and I think that you know, like you said, technology, like like you mentioned earlier, has caused people to become lazy. Just along with technology. I mean, you know, it. But I think that we, sometimes you lose that authenticity, and you know, it, it, it just. I don't know. I, like like you said, I, I still think that there are original people out there. I still think there's wonderful artists. Like I said, Prince last night, i got to mention this before we close out. Prince came out, and I, like I said on Facebook, Prince still has it. Like, after all these years, he said that he looks wonderful for his age. And like I said on, on the Facebook post, young artists, you need to take note. If you want a, a career that has longevity, you need to pay attention to Prince and artists like him that paid the way for you. So yeah. that, that I wanted to throw that in. But I know this show's about to wrap up. Um, I just wanted to come in and do a quick review today and just talk about what's going on, you know, in the news and what's going on in the, the events for today. So um, I don't know. I mean, did you? Have anything else you wanted to add or talk about before we get off air? Or 
not that I can think of. Okay. Well, once again, you've been listening to the Urban Wire, brought to you by the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers, um, where we shine a light on issues impacting the urban community. Check us out at www.blogtalk.com slash UCOFW or um, subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash UCOFW. Um, or you can join our group page. Um, just look us up under the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers. And check out Michael's um, website, www.sunrisehumanity.com, and his YouTube channel, youtube.com slash sunrisehumanity. We're going to have all these links listed. Um, if you check us out on our YouTube channel, we're going to have excerpts of the show. We're going to have all those links listed, so you can go check them all out. But until then, we'll probably be back next week, or I might later on in the week. What I'm going to probably do is do like a – well, I, I need to say this, too, before we get off. I want to – uh, mentioned Whitney Houston. This is around the first anniversary of her passing, and I just wanted to just send out my respects to her, um, and just that's why we started out the show with her uh, song because I just want I forgot to mention that. So I just wanted to do a tribute to her, um, which I might do a midweek tribute to her. This probably just a musical show, like probably probably be on air for probably like a thirty minutes to an hour. We're gonna play, you know, strictly music, hip hop, news, whatever. So just be on the lookout for that. We'll probably be doing that on Wednesday. So just Wednesday or Thursday. So just keep it locked. Um, until then, we're going to sign out and um, be on the lookout for us later on this week. Good night. Good night, all. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.